We want to start promoting it to you now. Just put it in your mind. Save the date. Every year we start off with the time of seeking God together as a church family. So we're having what we call Seek 23. And this is going to be a time for us to seek God, to seek first the kingdom. We're going to have prayer and fasting. We're going to have prayer gatherings. Near the end of the month, we're going to have Prophet Ewell and Jane Crawford back with us. So we've got a really powerful month of really setting the tone and getting ready for what God is doing and where he is taking us in 2023. What we want to invite you is to go online and to sign up to be part of it. That way you'll get the regular email updates once they start happening. Obviously we've got about a month till we start still or at least several weeks. So we're just letting you know, save the date, starting to sow the seed in your mind because you know Christmas can get so busy and then New Year's and before you know it, we're into January so that we can set our heart to seek God together. And on that note, I wanted to mention one last thing to you guys as a church family. Something I'd been praying about through the fall, Pastor Sharon actually was a lot of the encouragement for it and just some of our discussion of prayer, but I talked with our board of directors and also talked with our pastoral leadership team. I'm going to be taking a prayer sabbatical in the month of January. Now, let me say right off the top, I'm okay. I'm doing great. All right, there's no problem. Sometimes when a pastor says they're going to take a sabbatical, people start worrying, oh no, is something wrong? Are you burnt out, pastor? What's wrong? No, I am doing good. I am doing fine. But here's why I want to take the month to just really zero in kind of dial back, focus on seeking God. First and foremost, I believe in the importance of Sabbath and I believe in the importance of having good rhythms of rest in your life. Even Jesus talked about where he talked to his disciples and said at one point, come, let's pull away for a time. And there was time of pulling away and each one of us needs to have healthy rhythms in our life. And I've not taken any type of extended break, especially for prayer and listening to the Lord, probably at least in eight plus years and actually, I don't remember why I've done something quite like this. But again, the big heart of it for me is I really believe God's got some incredible things for us in 2023. And I want to make sure that I've got some time just as the pastor and leader to just listen to the Lord, to pray, to sharpen my axe, so to speak, and to be ready for what God wants to take us in 2023. So I wanted to let you know as a church family, just because obviously it'll be a little strange, you show up in January, you have no idea where your pastor is. So I, I'm good, I'm gonna be seeking the Lord. Our pastoral team, you know, Pastor Sharon, Pastor Samuel, Pastor Jair, Pastor Norma, others, they've got, they're gonna hold it down. We're gonna have a great month. We got the Crawfords coming in. It's gonna be a really, really time. And let me encourage you in this too. I don't know why, but sometimes if the pastor takes the sabbatical and A's, there's people who go, well, I just don't need to go to church then, I guess. Well, come to church. Someone tell your neighbor, come to church. <laughs> because hopefully you come for more than just me anyways, and, uh, and we're a family anyways, and we want to seek God together. So I do want to ask if you can be praying for me, especially as I come into this time. I don't necessarily get up and ask for prayer for a lot of things, but if you could be praying for me, and just praying because I really believe the Lord has led me to do this and I'm excited to see why. I'm excited to see exactly what he has but I'm also excited just to get that extra prayer time, that extra listening time and then I'll be back right at the start of February and uh, I'm just going to jump right into what God I know is already going to be doing in the church in that season. Amen? So let's jump into the message for today. I am continuing our series entitled This Christmas. Everybody say This Christmas. 
Now, last week, Pastor Jair did a great job kicking off the series. How many of you are here from last week with Pastor Jair's message? He did a great job kicking off the series. And so I want to just build on top of what he preached about. But actually, as I was praying and ask, asking the Lord where to go today, I want to talk to you about something. And I was thinking about it. I, I, not that I've never talked about these things, but I, I don't remember when I preached a message that quite touched on this the way it, it, it touched about. So I'm excited to share it with you. We had some fun in first service, and uh, I'm excited to come back in. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk about this Christmas. I want to talk to you about family, and I want to encourage you. I really felt the Lord put on my heart to encourage us to have an open heart regarding what God wants to do in our families this Christmas season. Come on, everybody say this Christmas. You know, one of the biggest themes around Christmas, especially in our culture, would be family, wouldn't it be? Like, you know, if I went out in the streets, you know, you go out with your video camera and go interviewing people and kind of hit the streets and you ask people and said, you know, when you think of Christmas, what do you think of? What are some of the things that, you know, people you think would say? It's okay. You can talk to me. It's okay. Gifts. Somebody said gifts. Yeah, that's a big one, right? People are going to say gifts. What are some of the other things that people might say as a theme for Christmas? Family, right? So that's a big one that comes up. Family. Anything else? Food, right? Great food. How many people are thankful for great food on Christmas? And it's even better because we do fasting and prayer in January. So you can eat in December and then you can fast and lose some weight in January. It's beautiful. Amen. Yes, there's more spiritual reasons why we do it. But come on, it's honestly part of it. I'm not going to tell you, sometimes I ate way too much at Christmas. I thought, it's okay, I got fast coming up in January, so I can ask, right? We, we have all these different themes. I laugh. You get out in the street. You go run to one Christian who's going to go, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? So you have all these things that come in. But it's interesting because family is a huge part of Christmas. Especially, you know, we talk about time together with family. We think about there's time with family. We, we think about giving gifts to family. For some people, it's traveling with family, traveling to see family or traveling and getting away. I know this year I've talked with many people and they said with inflation and everything, they're like, you know how much it costs to travel this Christmas? But you know, there's traveling. There's so much that's built around Christmas and built around family. But here's the question. That's great. Family is great. It's great. This is a theme. But what happens when family isn't so great for us? What happens when, when family isn't, you know, we've we, we got the joy of Christmas and, you know, you see the ads and we see the television commercials and all these things represent for family. But what happens when that doesn't reflect our reality? What happens, can we, can we be real today and talk about it, when, when for some of us family is, is not great and it's actually terrible? What, what, what do we do when some of us are not looking forward to getting together with family this Christmas? What, what happens for some of us who don't have family because of some circumstances in our life that we can get together for this Christmas? And so right below the surface, and you know, I mean, you don't, you don't put your business out to the world. You don't wear everything on your sleeve. And so we come together in church and we're here to worship and, and we're here. We're not trying to dump all the problems on other people, but even in a room of this size with the people in here, I can promise you even right below the surface for many of us, family is, is hard. And family is difficult, and we're dealing with some difficult realities this Christmas, and we're not looking forward to Christmas dinner, because we don't know what's going to happen at Christmas dinner. 
We're, we're struggling with other family realities. Let's bring it even a little closer home for some of us, maybe even within our, our nuclear family. Marriage isn't really great right now, or it's on the rocks, or there's some real breakdown and challenges with kids or with parents. And, and so how do we navigate, and what would God say to us in the middle of this where maybe family isn't quite as picturesque as, as is put out there? So what I want to do is, today, I want to encourage you because I believe God wants to stir our hearts regarding what he wants to do in our families this Christmas. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 20. And it says this, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Everybody say the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Everyone say the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Family, part of what I believe my assignment today is, is to encourage you regarding the work of reconciliation that God wants to do in your family. To encourage you in the midst of, obviously I, I could feel the, the air kind of suck out of the room a little bit when I started talking about family and challenges in family. And that's okay because that's real. That's what hits home with so many of us. But I want to encourage you this Christmas and I actually believe my assignment today is to stir your faith regarding God's work in your family. I don't know what's going on in your family right now. I don't know the challenges you're facing. Again, it might be within your nuclear family. For many of us, it could be within our extended family. But I won't just want us today to focus on the problem, to focus on the challenges, to focus on how difficult it is. But I believe the Lord wants to stir our hearts to believe him for the work that he can do in our families this Christmas season. And that instead of just resigning ourselves to the drama, resigning ourselves to the challenges, resigning ourselves to the broken relationships or resigning ourselves to the difficulties that we would stir our faith, that we would stir our hearts up, that the Lord could do something supernatural in our families this Christmas season, that he is a God who still works miracles and miracles are not just about big deals, but God wants to work miracles in your family just as well. Do we believe God this Christmas season that he can work a miracle in our families? I use the word miracle very specifically because I know for some of us, you're looking at your family, you're thinking about right now, you're going, Pastor, it would have to be a miracle. But you know what? How many know we serve a God who works miracles? Come on. Do we really believe this? Do we really believe that God can work miracles? Because I want you to know the same God that can heal a broken body, the same God that can supernaturally provide, is a God who can do a work of reconciliation in your family that you wouldn't even believe if somebody told you beforehand, these are the things that we need to believe God for. But what I want to encourage you, it's this part of the verse that talks about a ministry of reconciliation. Because if you're a follower of Jesus today, you have been given a ministry of reconciliation. 
God wants you to be an agent of change within your family. God wants you to be an agent of reconciliation in your family. He wants to work with you, and he wants to work through you. Tell your neighbor he wants to work with you. And this is what I want us to catch and stir our hearts. It's not that, oh, we just talk about how difficult and how challenging our families are. Yeah, there might be some realities there. But we serve a God who's the God of the impossible. We serve a God who's the God who restores broken relationships. We serve a God who does the unthinkable. And that we would say, God, I want to partner with you. Not to just be a victim mentality of what's going on around me. But to be an agent of change by the power of the Holy Spirit in my family to see reconciliation see it's one thing to talk about miracles it's another thing to say God show me how I can be part of the miracle I don't know about you how many sometimes just would prefer God did it and God keeps saying no I want you to be part of it yeah I was thinking about I laugh I was thinking about my 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 son you know we, we got our kitchen night so Cheryl will do the cooking she'll get something she's oh Micah you and dad you and your dad are doing the kitchen well, you know, he doesn't want to do the kitchen. He wants dad to do the kitchen. He wants to go relax. So sometimes we have a little bit of a tussle over doing the kitchen. But I get in there and we work together on the kitchen. See, we partner together. I laughed. I told him in the first service, I'm trying to get to my father's level. Because when he did it with us, he'd sit there and do nothing and watch us. We say, Dad, Mom said you're supposed to help us. He said, I'm supervising. <laughs> so he'd be supervising. Well, I'm not at the supervising level yet. We're working together because it needs to get done. And we need to take care of it. But see, here's the point. A lot of times we say, okay, God, work a miracle my family. And God says, awesome, I'd love to. Here's what I need you to do. And we go, whoa, 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 wait, me? I need to do something? God says, yeah, I want to work with you. I want to partner with you. Can we work together on this? No, no, Lord, I just work a miracle, Jesus. This is too much. Work a miracle. And God keeps coming back and say, okay, yeah, but how many you know when God ever wants, God works something, he starts in us? Right? I also was sitting there. I mean, you, you want to pray about everybody else. God, you need to fix my family. God, you need to fix my wife. God, you need to fix my husband. You know, God, you need to fix my kids. And God says, awesome, let's start with you. No, no, Lord, you don't need to fix me. I'm good. I don't need fixing. They all need fixing. But God says, I've given you a ministry of reconciliation. He wants to do miracles in our family this Christmas season. Could you believe God? Could this be a word from the Lord that says, believe me to do something miraculous in your family this season? Believe me for the ministry of reconciliation to flow in your family this season. Believe me, but I want you to partner with me because I gave you the ministry of reconciliation. Come on, everybody say reconciliation. What does reconcile mean? Well, I did a a search on dictionary.com. Reconcile means, number one, to win over to friendliness to cause to be amicable, or to reconcile hostile persons. I believe God wants to break some walls down this Christmas season. God wants to bring people together this Christmas season. God wants to, I love this, reconcile hostile persons. I know none of you, this, is, this message is probably for somebody online. I know nobody in here has any hostile persons in your family. But God might be saying, hey, I, wanna, I want to work through you. I want you to be part of bringing people together. Uh, to reconcile means to compose or settle a quarrel or a dispute. Come on, guys, real talks. It's been a hard couple of years. Families, so, some families haven't gotten together. 
Or maybe you weren't allowed to come. Or maybe people weren't allowed to come. And there's been so much hurt. And there's been so many different things. And this is kind of like the first Christmas back to And God's saying, will you allow me to make you a minister of reconciliation this year? Number three, it's to bring into agreement or harmony. I always love that word harmony because the word unity in the Hebrew actually carries the essence of harmony. It's not making everybody the same. What's harmony? Harmony is taking totally different voices and blending them together to make a sound together that none of them could make by themselves. It's not losing your uniqueness, but it's bringing your uniqueness into the line with others' uniqueness and allowing God to forge something together. And God says part of being a minister of reconciliation is bringing harmony, bringing agreement to make compatible or consistent, to reconcile differing statements, to reconcile accounts. I thought this was very interesting. I never knew this definition of reconcile. It means to re-consecrate. And it gives the example when a church is desecrated or a cemetery. Because consecration means to dedicate something to God. So if something then has become defiled, what you can do is you can re-consecrate it. And God is saying this is a season for re-consecration. But will you be ministers of reconciliation? I just want to share with you a couple things as I prayed that were in my heart that I believe we can pray for and we can lean into and we can go after together and say, this Christmas, I want to be part of the ministry of reconciliation. This Christmas, I'm believing God to see miracles in my family. This Christmas, I'm believing that even just the presence of the Holy Spirit on my life I don't even necessarily have to say, it's not like I have to get in there and tell everyone what's right or wrong, but I'm going to carry a peace. I'm going to carry a joy. I'm going to carry the presence of the Holy Spirit that's going to affect atmospheres that I walk into. So how is the first level? So let's talk about being ministers of reconciliation. The first level or the first application of this is simply this. When you're a minister of reconciliation, you're someone who's sharing the gospel and bringing people to Jesus. Acts 16.31, it says, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Family, we talk about this quite regularly, but I want to remind you once again today that you and I are called to be rescue ship Christians, and we are called to be a rescue ship church. We are not called to be cruise ship Christians and cruise ship churches. I have no problems with cruises, but they are there for you to go, and it's all about you, and you eat what you want, you do what you want, and everything's built around you, but when you're on a rescue ship, you recognize you're here for a greater purpose, and you're here to pull people out of the water, and even cruise ships. There was in the news, I think just this last Last week, someone fell overboard on a cruise ship, and they're in the water for like 18 hours until they found them. But I promise you, that cruise ship, someone falls over, they wouldn't just keep going and go, oh, well, they knew the rules. They shouldn't have fallen over. That, too, too bad for them. Hopefully they can swim. No, even a cruise ship, if they lose a passenger, turns into a rescue ship, and they do everything they can to get that person out of the water. And in the middle of the Christmas season, I want to remind you, even when we're talking about reconciliation in our families in this ministry of reconciliation, the foundation of the ministry of reconciliation is the gospel. The foundation of the ministry of reconciliation is seeing people come to Jesus. And just as we see in this verse from Acts 16, when you are saved, God has his eye on you, but he also immediately gets his eye on your household and on your family. And as some of you here today, you might be the only Christian in your family. I want 
you to stop seeing that as a negative, and I want you to start seeing it as you're a spiritual beachhead because God's heart is to get to your entire family. And don't feel discouraged because there's not a lot of other Christians in your family. If not you, who? And if not now, when? God said, hey, I've saved you, but I want you to have a heart for your family. I want you to believe for your family. And I believe in 2023, guys, and even this Christmas season, there is an anointing for household salvation. There is anointing for people in your family who don't know Jesus to have their hearts awakened to him. There is an anointing for prodigal sons and daughters to come home. Moms and dads, I want to encourage you, if you've got a prodigal son or daughter, set your faith again this season for them to come home. I thought what Miranda said at the start of worship was so powerful, where it talked about the verb tense, where God, God said to, uh, the angel said to, uh, was it Hezekiah? Uh, Zachariah. One of the ayahs, you know, Zachariah said, I, I, your prayers have been heard. And in the actual original language, it said the prayer that you've stopped praying has been heard. In other words, he got so discouraged to praying for his son. Maybe he thought, I'm just too old. It's past. I guess that never prayer request is never going to be answered. But I want you to know, when you pray a prayer, it never dies. It goes. The Bible talks about the bowls in heaven. And that prayer is still there before God. Furthermore, I was just reading something recently that talks about intergenerational synergy. Because prayers that are before the throne of God, even that were prayed by those who went before you, they are still there before God. And you add your prayers to to them, but I want to encourage you this Christmas season, set your faith for prodigals to come home. Set your faith for people to come to Jesus. And maybe you got so discouraged, you stopped praying about it, you stopped believing for it, it was just too stressful, and you said, I just don't even want to think about this anymore. It's time to pick that prayer back up. It's time to pick that faith back up. Why? Because this Christmas is a Christmas about the ministry of reconciliation. And so how do we lead into this? How do we lead into it? Here's just two practical things I want to encourage you. I already said it, but the first thing is start praying again. Or start to pray. Maybe you hadn't been praying yet. You know, I, 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 I don't know if I got this completely right, Dad, but I seen my dad tell me a story. When, when he became a Christian, he sat down with his parents and said, I don't want you to go to hell. You need to become Christians. Is that about right? Pretty close. You know, it didn't have quite the desired effect he was looking for. But so often, family members and those who are closest to us trying to share faith, sometimes they give us the hardest time in certain things, and it can be really intimidating, overwhelming, discouraging to try and share our faith. And so the first thing that I want to encourage you is start in prayer. Start in believing God. Start in having, you know, connect with somebody. Have some prayer partners, but pray for your family. 2 Corinthians 4, 3-4 says this, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. See, the enemy, the Bible tells us, has blinded people's eyes. They don't see it. I've really come to understand this. If people see Jesus for who he really is, see heaven, see hell, see the truth, following Jesus is the most logical choice you could possibly make. But what happens? They don't see it. And, 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 and kind of constantly preaching at them isn't necessarily going to open their eyes. Praying for them is what's going to open their eyes. Praying and believing God. So you want to lean into something this Christmas season. Lean into a prayer strategy. Pick up that shield of faith. Pick up that sword of the spirit again. And do the work in the spirit of believing for your family. The second thing that I want to encourage you when it comes to believing for our families to come to salvation 
is that your love and your actions are going to make a massive impact. Let me read you what uh, Peter, the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 3, 1-2 from the Passion Translation. He said, now let me speak to the wives. Now he's talking to wives with husbands, but this is family. This works in all family. Be devoted to your own husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word of God, your kind conduct may win them over without you saying a thing. For when they observe your pure godly life before God, it will impact them deeply. See, why I want to encourage you this Christmas season with a heart for being a minister of reconciliation is saying, I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray and believe God. But number two, I'm going to show them the love of God. I'm going to walk in the love of God. Isn't that the hardest thing sometimes? As we pray and we're believing God and you sit down and cousin so-and-so or your mom or somebody says something and it's just like ready to set it off. And next thing you know, you're just in this big fight. You're thinking, what am I doing? I'm praying for this reconciliation. But the enemy loves to get, because how many know family can get to you in a way that nobody else can really get to you? Right? On the good and on the bad. But you go in and you say, I'm going to pray and stir your heart for prayer. And you say, I'm going to love and I'm going to live this out for them. Ask the Holy Spirit, how can I sow seeds of love this Christmas season? How can I show the love of God? How can I demonstrate who he is and demonstrate this love? And so that's the first level of being a minister of reconciliation this Christmas. That we would be ministers of the gospel to our family. But the second level of being a minister of reconciliation, I want to ask this. What are some things that God would speak to you that he wants to bring healing in your family this Christmas? There's the level of the gospel, and the gospel is the foundation of everything else because it would bring true transformation. But here's what I felt the Holy Spirit say. Challenge everyone, call everyone to ask me, what do I want to do in their family this Christmas season? What do I want to heal? What do I want to restore? What do I want to transform? And then that they'd ask me and believe me for that and they'd become part of the solution. Where does God want to bring healing in your family this Christmas? Let's talk about some practical steps of what we can do with this. I'll give you fair warning. I'm going to get right in your mix right now. Because God always starts with us, doesn't he? Amen. Somebody like, yeah, I know someone who needs to hear this message. So and so, I'm going to send them the video, this person. Holy Spirit's like, yeah, but you need to hear this right now. First... Is there something the Lord would have you reconcile with someone in your family this Christmas? Again, we like to jump over to God, what you need to do in my family. God, and he started to start, say, what's, first he says, what, is there something that you need to reconcile? Is there something that you need to make right with somebody? Matthew 5, 21 to 24 says this, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, forever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, and the subtext says without cause, will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool, which was one of the highest insults you could give in Jesus' time, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother is something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. The Passion Translation said it this way, So then, if you are presenting a gift before the altar and suddenly remember a quarrel that you have with a fellow believer, leave your gift there in front of the altar and go at once to apologize to one who's offended. Then after you reconcile, come to the altar and present your gift. This is where the rubber meets the road, family, being a minister of reconciliation. 
Where would God have us humble ourselves this Christmas season and make something right? You know, that's one of the most powerful witnesses of the gospel that you can give. And again, so often we, okay, yes, God, this person and this needs to change. And we're praying for all these other people, which is good. But God says, I want to start with you. Where can you be a minister of reconciliation by humbling yourself? Where can you be a minister of reconciliation this Christmas by going and repenting, by going and apologizing? And I know there's always two sides to everything. Very rarely is it all on you or all on them. But somebody's got to take the first step. Somebody's got to bridge the gap and say, you know what? I'm going to, in honor to God, in obedience to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to go and I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to make this thing right. And then you believe the Lord to take care of the rest. And so it says, yeah, but what if they don't receive me? What if it just turns into a situation? Then listen, you obeyed God, but you still sowed the seed that God called you to sow. But if we're going to be ministers of reconciliation, it's not, well, they need to come talk to me. They did this. They did that. They need to make it right. That's not a minister of reconciliation. A minister of reconciliation is someone who says, okay, Lord, I want to bridge the gap. I want to go. Thank God that our God, our Heavenly Father, did not sit in heaven and say, well, they need to come to me and they need to make this right. No, what did he do? He came to us even though he didn't even do anything and he bridged the gap. Jesus was the great intercessor. And this Christmas season, I believe the Lord would speak to some of us. You need to go and you need to make this right. You need to sabotage what the enemy's trying to do. You need to undermine his plans by humbling yourself. Because that's what it takes, right? Pride keeps us away, but humbling ourselves says, okay, Lord, what can I do to help make this thing right? How can I go low so Jesus could be lifted up? See, when the goal is reconciliation, see, the problem for a lot of us, the goal is being right instead of the goal being reconciliation. I'm not saying, I'm not saying in any way you become a doormat and just get walked over. But what I'm saying is the Lord is calling us and saying, will you be a minister of reconciliation this year? Is there somewhere we can humble ourselves to make things right? And you could have a totally different Christmas in some dynamic within your family by the work of the Holy Spirit if we go and make things right. The second element, and this is another tough question. Not is there maybe someone we need to go and make things right with, but is there... Something or someone we need to forgive this Christmas season. I know some of you are like, Pastor, the message was going so good until you got to this section. Now you're talking to me about making things right. You're talking to me about forgiving. Mark 11, 22, 25, and Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for a prayer, believe that you've received it, it will be yours. I mean, what powerful verses. Have faith in God. I believe 2023 is going to be a year of great faith. 2023 is going to be a year of speaking to mountains and commanding them to move. 2023 is going to be a year of whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you receive. You'll have the power in prayer. But a lot of times we finish at verse 24 and we do not read toward verse 25 because verse 25 says this, and when you stand praying, forgive. Like, I don't like that part. How many people want to have faith in God? Yeah. How many people want to speak to mountains to see the move? Yeah. How many people want to have power in prayer? Yeah. Okay. How many people are ready to forgive? Uh. We lose our enthusiasm. Yeah, that was good night. He's like, yeah. We don't want, we don't want. Because forgiveness is hard. 
Forgiveness is difficult. But guys, here's what I want to encourage you. Some of you, I actually feel like there's a lot of you here that, that you, are, you are, in your family circumstance, you are the opening for what God wants to do. I mean, maybe a few of you are in like multiple families with multiple Christians all over the place, and if you disobey the Lord, somebody else will obey the Lord, and it'll all work out. But you know, for a lot of you, maybe you feel a little discouraged because it's just you, but you know what? That's God opened the door. That you have, you are an open door. There's like a conduit for the presence of God. There's a conduit for the living water of God to flow into your entire family because God wants to transform your family. He wants to transform the generations that come after you. Maybe you have a whole bunch of generational curses, but you have now been redeemed in Christ. Christ, and you now can start to release generational blessings that completely flip the script on what happens to your family. But if you won't let go of unforgiveness and bitterness, it pollutes the flow of what God wants to do. It's like he's got this living water. You're the pipeline into your family, but because you won't let go of unforgiveness, it keeps polluting the flow. I heard it said this, holding unforgiveness and bitterness against someone is like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt them. Stop drinking the poison this Christmas season. Now, I don't say this lightly. I know forgiveness is a hard and it's a deep thing. And obviously within today's message, I don't have time to kind of break it all down and lay it out. So we've got pastors and leaders and great resources that we can help you on a journey of forgiveness. But it starts with a decision. And it starts with forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision that then releases the healing power of God into your life. But what you need to do is you need to understand that as long as you hold bitterness and unforgiveness, you disqualify yourself from being a minister of reconciliation. Because ministers of reconciliation, it's all about forgiveness. And God has so much. He's wanting to get into your family, but he's trying to get it in through you. But you keep blocking it up because you won't let so I want to encourage you today, forgive. Let it go. Release life. Release healing. Unforgiveness is bondage, but forgiveness is freedom. Even on the natural level, the Mayo Clinic said this about forgiveness. When people forgive, they have healthier relationships. They have improved mental health. They have less anxiety, stress, and hostility. There's fewer symptoms of depression. There's lower blood pressure, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, and improved self-esteem. They're just finding out what the Bible already told us. Stop killing yourself. Stop poisoning yourself. Stop hurting yourself. Go to God. Get his love filling you. Walk in forgiveness, and then walk as a minister of reconciliation. That's number two. And the last thought, if Justin wants to come join me, we're going to go to prayer. So I know I've been in your mix. Number one, and I really encourage you in this. You guys listen online too. Is there something that God says you need to go and make right this Christmas? Number two, is there something you need to forgive this Christmas? Number three, is there some things that God would say to you in your family He says, I want to bring healing to that, but I want to work with you. I want to I bring healing in this situation. Will you work with me on this? 
I want to see this transformed in your family. Will you partner with Because you know what a lot of us do? And I, I'm guilty of it myself. It's just my family. It's just the way it is. I mean, we don't even think about it being changed. We don't even think about being transformed. Some of us just kind of try and stay as far away from it as possible. It's like, get in, don't say anything, eat some food and get out. Because it's like, there's just too much drama going on. Some of us get in the middle of, we become part of the drama, right? We just go, I'll repent later. I'm mad right now. And we just go to bat. But God's saying, will you take a different posture? Will you take a posture of an intercessor? Will you take a posture of Jesus? Will you take a posture of a minister of reconciliation? And let me show you by my spirit how you can be part of the healing process in this family. I love this. Romans 12, 21 says this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There might be some evil in your family right now. I know evil is kind of a strong word. Maybe for some of us, maybe it's just whatever. There might be some drama in your family right now. There might be broken relationships in your family right now. There might be hurt and pain. There might be a war of words. I mean, we could go on and on and on. But God says, will you believe me for a miracle this Christmas season? Will you believe me to work? Will you partner with me? Will you be a minister of reconciliation? And guys, here's how it works. This is how the kingdom works. So often we're confronted by evil. Number one, some of us just try and stay away from it. And I understand. We're just like, I can't get caught up in all that. We despair. Other of us try to overcome evil, but we end up just trying to overcome evil with evil. It's like, well, I'll yell at them. They're yelling at me. I'll yell at them. I'll prove to them that they're wrong. And it's just a cycle. Many of our families are caught in cycles, but the kingdom ways, you don't overcome evil by evil. You don't overcome evil by running away from it, but you overcome evil with good. You overcome evil by coming in with the presence of God. You overcome evil by coming in and turning the other cheek. You overcome evil by speaking words of life and speaking words of faith and speaking words of believing and partnering with the Holy Spirit. And I believe this Christmas season that God would want to speak to many of us and say, yeah, there's some evil, but I want to work with you to overcome evil with good. I want to work with you as a minister of reconciliation. Will you believe me for a miracle in your family this Christmas season? Will you believe me for healing in your family this Christmas season? Will you believe me for prodigal sons and daughters coming home this year in the Christmas season? Will you believe me? And I love this because if we go back in closing to Mark 11, 22 to 25, and Jesus answered them, have faith in God. I want to stir your heart today. Believe God for your family. Believe God for your kids. Believe God for your marriage. Believe God. Don't just settle for it as it is stir up your faith today and say God I'm believing you what's the word of the Lord over the situation what's the word of the Lord over your family believe God and then he says truly I say whoever says to this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes he says it will come to pass it will be done for him you may feel like there's just this mountain you don't see how it could change you don't see what God could do you feel completely hopeless you say there's no way this can change but Jesus said have faith in God and he said even mountains can be moved and be cast into the sea if you will pray and you will believe me and so I want to stir you and 
Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. I feel like there's people in this place that have just become discouraged. They've become beat down. They just feel it's too much of a mess. There's nothing that could change. But Father, I thank you that you are the God of the impossible. God, I thank you. You are the God that reconciles. I thank you that you are the God who works miracles. And Lord, I thank you for a stirring faith in our hearts this Christmas season. God, we believe you for our families. We believe you for a peace that passes all understanding. God, we believe you for joy unspeakable and full of glory. And God, even people who just had dysfunction all around them, I thank you that the cycle is going to be broken. The cycle is going to be broken. We are not going to continue with the cycle, but in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are going to break the cycle and we are going to start a new kingdom cycle in our families in Jesus' name. Come on, I just feel a spirit of faith. If God's been speaking to you in this message and you just want to close in faith and prayer and believe, I want you just to stand up right now. I feel like God is just releasing a fresh faith for family transformation. He's releasing a fresh faith for the impossible. And so come on, let's just lift our hands to the Lord. And if God's talking, maybe God, and I kind of said on that point, but maybe some of you, God's talking about forgiveness. You need faith for that. Amen. You can't do it in your own strength. Maybe God's talking about making some things right. And you're just saying, yeah, just say yes to him. Just say yes. And then ask him how. You know, I was talking to someone at the end of first service. He's just like, man, I just, my parents. He's like, I just don't know what to say to them. I don't know how to talk to them. And I said, okay, well, would this work? You just go to them and just say, hey, can I, can I pray for you for anything? He said, oh, that could work. I think he was thinking he had to like preach to them or, or something. I said, well, tell them you love them. He said, well, we don't really do that in our family. And I said, well, maybe it's time for that to change. Right? Don't just give into the cycle. Ask the Holy Spirit how you can break it and how you can shift it. Amen. So, Father, come on, let's just raise our hands, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. Every person standing, every person, our hearts are open because for different things that you're speaking to us. But I thank you for this Christmas. I thank, first and foremost, God, for faith to believe you. God, those who've given up on prayers, those who've given up on seeing people come into the kingdom, whatever it is, I thank you for a fresh stirring and a frank, fresh strengthening today. And, Lord, I thank you for miracles in family this Christmas season. I thank you for peace in Jesus' name. I thank you for joy in Jesus name God I thank you for relationships being restored I thank you for prodigal sons and daughters coming home and prodigal fathers and prodigal mothers and prodigal aunts and uncles and whoever it is Father we thank you in Jesus name and Lord I thank you if you're speaking to us about making things right that will obey you that will do it God I thank you for a grace to release forgiveness in Jesus name and Lord I thank you for speaking to us where do you want to work in our families Holy Spirit, show us and just show us how. Let's just take a moment to listen right now. Let's just take a moment to sit before the Lord. I'm going to get you out of here in a second. Do this work, God. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's just moving very gently right now. Thank you for your work in families. Do that work, God. I thank you for faith for what seems to be impossible. Some of us got this big old mountain in front of us. It's been there our entire lives. We couldn't even imagine what it's like without it being there. But you're saying, hey, speak to this mountain and watch it move. 
And Lord, I thank you for a spirit of faith. I thank you that we are intercessors that will stand in the gap. And I thank you for the ministry of reconciliation, that you're working it in us and you're working it through us. In Jesus' name. Everyone who agreed with me said, Amen. Here's what I want us to do. We want to dismiss. Thank you guys for just hearing everything. We're going to have some leaders up here at the front. Maybe you need some prayer in the area of forgiveness. Maybe you need just prayer regarding something that's going on. We're here. We have a team here to pray with you. Maybe you need to be reconciled to God. Maybe today you realize you're far from God. You've never given your life to Jesus. You need to give your life back to Jesus. We'll have a leader here. Come and pray with him. That's where everything starts. It starts with the gospel. It starts with Jesus. But I want to encourage you, stir your faith. I just felt this is such a word that God wants to do miracles in families this Christmas season. And when he does, I want to hear the testimony. But remember, it starts with us. Us humbling ourselves. Us forgiving. Us following the lead of the Holy Spirit. Maybe be willing to do something a little wild or a little crazy but you know God told you to do it that's going to break some things through in your family. Breaking some of those cycles and some of those patterns. Amen? Amen. So we're going to have some prayer team here. If you need prayer, please come forward for prayer. I've got some connection leaders, some others. Just make sure Pastor Jared and Norm will be helping oversee prayer. But if you need prayer, we see prayer about that. We love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. I know the snowy drive was probably a little interesting for some of you, but we bless you with a safe drive as you return home. Come on, we're Canadians. Or you're here in Canada, so you're a Canadian. Just You can handle it. We got it. So have an amazing week. Remember all the different things we've got going on. But if you need prayer, please come forward for prayer. We're here to pray with you. But let's be ministers of reconciliation this Christmas. Amen. Everybody say reconciliation. All right. God bless you guys. We love you. Have an amazing week. If you need prayer, please come forward.